0: Hey, folks. In this episode of the podcast, I sit down with my friend, Mr. Jake Hicks. He has some interesting observations about using LED or continuous lighting versus strobe. This is Twit. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today, Jake Hicks is joining us from across the pond to share some insights that he recently discovered around LED lighting versus strobe lighting. And I think you will find the discussion illuminating. Jake Hicks, welcome. <laughs> welcome wow. to the show. Wow. You know, I had to do you it. Never okay gets old, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> <laughs> dad humor, man. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. uh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, man. It's always it's always Yeah, I know. a pleasure, chatting. man.
1: Yeah, it's been, you
0: know, it's been too long, too long, but yeah, it's definitely good to be back. Yeah. No, it's good. We have so much to talk about. I mean, you know, a, a ton to catch up on, but this in this interview I want to focus it. And here's another one. I want to focus it on uh LED lighting. You you were you and I were talking before I started recording about some discoveries and some eyebrow-raising discoveries that you made with regard to LEDs and, and your particular brand of photography, which is very colorful, using complementary gels and all the things. You're like the gel master, you know, in my book. You, you understand that stuff intrinsically. I've been doing and that a long time, yeah. You have, and admittedly, you are obsessively self-described and obsessive about color. Right, so sure. things yeah, yeah, coming out of your mouth that has a lot of weight when you when you talk about color. Let's let's talk about it. If well, before we dive into that, let's set the stage for folks that may not have been exposed to. There's another photography thing. <laughs> <laughs> folks gonna that gonna may not. I'm going to keep it going. Yeah. May not have been exposed to Jake Hicks and the Jake Hicks way of shooting. Who is Jake Hicks? Like and and why are why have you found yourself shooting this way for so many years? Yeah, uh, a portrait
1: fashion editorial uh, shooter over here in London, UK, or just outside London, UK, and yeah, I mean, I've been shooting for over twenty years now. Yeah, well over twenty years now. So wow. you know, started off you know, for my sins on, you know, in film, even shot, you know, weddings on film all those years ago. And, uh, you know, seen, seen a lot of changes uh, <laughs> in, in that time for sure. Um, and, you know, you, you mentioned LEDs and that sort of thing. And I think that this is, this is another one of those sort of changes that I think will certainly stick around for sure. Um, yeah. But my work yeah is definitely known for being very bright, bold, colorful, you know, highly saturated and uh, yeah as you say i've been using color gels now for many 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 years and um it's interesting to see where color gels have come as well like you know i know everybody and their grandmother uses color gels now but you gotta you gotta remember that 10 years ago when i was when i was doing it everybody everybody thought i was bloody crazy you know i, I remember you know doing like a uh, lighting demo one stage. I think gels have had an interesting history as well. I mean, cause I mean, everybody shoots gels now. Everybody in their grandmother is out there taking colored shots which is amazing. But you got to remember like 10 years ago when I was first doing this, it was, uh, everybody thought I was crazy. You know, I, I yeah. remember doing a, uh, doing a lighting demo on stage for Bowens all, all those years ago and um doing doing one on stage and like people would literally queue up at the end of it to come and tell me how I ruined the image with those with, with the colored lights you know <laughs> like why have you made that girl bright blue like what's wrong with you you totally ruined that shot you know yeah. um whereas now like nobody nobody thinks twice about seeing a you know a girl you know, with coloured lighting on it, but back then it was definitely,
0: uh, definitely not as not as popular. So it's certainly come a, come a long way for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your work is, I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, everything's subjective, and it 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 definitely speaks to the aesthetic that I find beautiful because you know a you beautiful you know subjects of course the lighting is always just stunning your post-processing is on point always right so it all comes together and like you said okay. that, that that saturated kind of look I, I gravitate towards that I like that hyper realism that you put in you put into your work have you the style that you developed over time did that was it like okay I just feel drawn to bright colors or was it was it inspired by another other photographer or was it you know how did it how did it kind of come to be how did it gel <laughs> <laughs> it's criminal I can't, huh? absolutely, I can't you should, it. Be I can't fine.
1: I absolutely it. should be fined absolutely <laughs> you should be fined um the yeah it's kind of a weird one really it's long story short I, like i said uh it, Freelance What 20 years ago, uh, then digital cameras came along. It became pretty tricky to make a living taking pictures back then for the same money that we were making because everybody had a digital camera. And it's like, well, I don't need a professional photographer. My uncle Jeff's dog's daughter's neighbor has got a digital camera, and that's really Mm -hmm. good. So we don't need a professional photographer. So I took a couple of years out of shooting and then came back to it. And when I came back to it, uh, I actually started working full-time in a studio. And that studio was... uh, Terrible pay, but you know you were you were shooting all the time, and it was like right, you know Monday morning, right, Jake, you're in Studio One, photographing a front cover for a, for a yoga book, you know, Jake, you're in Studio Two, photographing a family corporate headshot, that that sort of thing, and it was a very very busy studio at the time, and. Uh, it like m- most of what we were doing was white background stuff like white background like high key which is just mind numbing like my mom could shoot that it's not difficult. um yeah. so like the clients would come in and oh like you know can we get this like high key shot I say like yes yeah, fine and I would do that for them and then I would go look are you happy with what we've got would you mind if we did something a little bit more creative because I think this would work really well with the jacket that you're wearing or your mm-hmm. hair or just whatever it was to make them feel good about it but um you know and then it gave me a chance to sort of play with the colored lighting and that sort of thing but it really was the colored lighting came from a Little bit of a rebellion, really. But like, I'm gonna lose my mind in this studio if I don't do something creative. <laughs> so just, I'm absolutely not gonna make it through the day.
0: It must um, have color, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's just I wanted to do something creative and playing with the colors. And you know, like people would come in and ask for the white background stuff, and then over time, people would be like, Oh, that's really cool, I didn't realize you could do that. And they would end up leaving with the colored stuff, and then come on, you know, a little bit more time, and people were ending up actually coming in and asking for the color gel stuff. And then one that to another and then thanks very much Uh, i've made a name for for myself with this style and now i'm out of here thanks very much and yeah the freelance is um history as it were so
0: the work um, is beautiful i mean it's stunning people will look at it of course i have a gallery of your work on the blog post for this but yeah, people should head over to your your websites jakehicksphotography.com correct perfect yeah yeah just head over there and check it out and just prepare to be stunned by the the beauty that's on the front of that page um for the photographers that are interested in this right the the you know looking at the color wheel the roy g biv color wheel right when you remember that when you look at it the tell me if it's if i'm incorrect right so part of the principle of, or one of the principles in using color gels is complementary colors, right? To kind of cancel colors out and, or gelling your, putting a gel or a filter on the camera and then flashing a complementary color. So anything that is hit by the flash appears normal, but things that are not, i.e. the ambient, goes whatever the color was. Is that kind of in the basic ballpark? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot to it and i think that for the
1: most part i mean look i, I thought i was pretty good at uh, studio lighting for many many years and it wasn't until i started to use colored lights that i was like wow my lighting is very sloppy <laughs> you know it's terrible really um because when you're using white light you got your key light you got your fill light you got your hair light you got your background light cool oh, there's yeah. really nice you know corporate headshot looking good but they're just four white lights like you can't they're all overlapping and you know laying on top of one another and and, and merging but because they're all the same color Definitely get away with it. Mm -hmm. Now, with colored lights, you can't do that. You can't overlap them. Uh, And the the reason for that, and this is kind of counterintuitive to the way that we were taught color theory if you like we, when we were kids like we were maybe in like play school or something like that and we would have the paints and we'd mix the paints together and if, if you remember all, all that way back there uh frederick if you remember all those years ago then uh the more paints you mix together the closer you get to this muddy purpley color so that's actually the opposite of what happens when we start to use colored gels or colored lights because the more colored lights you mix together the closer you get to white okay if you remember like science class if you take your prism and fire white light through it you get the rainbow that comes out. So white light essentially is a rainbow of color. Okay, When Mm -hmm. all those rainbow colors are combined, you get white. And the same thing is happening when you layer your colored gels or your colored lighting. So the more colored lights you overlap, the closer you actually get to white light. And this is why people struggle with gel lighting when they start out, because they don't have proper control of the lights. And without that proper control, Colors start to get washed out, and they just look insipid, and you know, very sort of deep, you know, just 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 not nice. And this is because you're overlapping multiple colored lights. So for me, the like the biggest learning experience was was really trying to control the light, you know, changing the modifiers that I was using, changing the way that I control the light to like to get these rich colors, um, and really place the lights exactly where I wanted. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's interesting. So the I'm remembering back from. photography learning right so there's additive and then additives and subtractive i think is what you're, you're you're talking about and then also the the whole idea that white like you were saying white or the color white is the equal combination of all colors and black is the absence of all color right so you're understanding those principles and the overlaying and all that and then of course having talent to actually <laughs> to use that those <laughs> techniques properly is where the rub is right so is that is that but, i mean like no yeah yeah absolutely
1: right and, and there is like there's, there's, a, there's a few like weird things that kind of happen I mean, well, as we know like rgb right red green and blue mm-hmm. is is our kind of primaries because when we mix RGB we get the white like that. That's how our monitors work. Um, and, and, and there are a couple of uh, weird things that happen like complementary colors like when you mix orange and orange and blue for example, they will cancel each other out so you get this gray light. I know you can't have mm. a gray light but you have the absence mm. of color. Yeah. Um, but if you mix other complementary colors like uh, I don't know, like, um, like green and red, if you mix those you get yellow which is like weird uh so like you know so there are bizarre sort of happenings that 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 go on when you start to mix colored light that, that is only present with colored light that's not how normal colors mix especially not how paints mix and that sort of thing so um and, you know and, and you can use that to your advantage you know you, you can certainly shine red and green onto the subject and you know i've got you know, I've certainly got shots where where I've done that, and then you have this beautiful yellow in 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 the middle where these two lights uh, merge. So you can certainly use that to your advantage. But it, but you're right; there is there is weird rules that that go on with uh, coloured lighting for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And it's those rules, and y- you know. You should teach this stuff. I'm telling you. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I should. Yeah, I should do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to talk about that later. Um, yeah, I'm interested. One, one of the the other things is that there's a. I don't know if this is a myth or if this was reality, but for, if photographers want to start experimenting with different colored backgrounds, the the running knowledge is go get yourself a gray background and a set of color gels, and now you have all the colors that you can use is it is it that's there's something this is is, is one of those
1: bloody youtube myths that drive me around the bend yeah it's um so the reason why people say this or you should use like a gray backdrop when you're using colors because you get this really rich um color from it um it's true but the reason it's true is because you're kind of underexposing that colored light as a general guide and again this is why color gels are hard to hard to use is because you can't really use a light meter because the light meter is just seeing in gray right so it's not mm. it's not telling you what the best color is uh for, for example if you just use an orange gel you can have a you know a fairly bright orange gel then you get this beautiful sunburst yellow color or you have you know an underexposed orange gel then you get this rich sort of orangey ochre color none of those are necessarily wrong or you know so the light meter can't tell you what color you're after right so this is where people struggle a little bit um so in th- As a base rule, usually the darker the color or the darker the light power that you're putting through the gel, the stronger or the richer the color that you get. You know, with the reds and the blues, you get these gorgeous, um, saturated colors, and that's when the light is slightly underexposed. So if you use a gray background, you just automatically underexposed the, you know, like, like this, <laughs> the, the shot, It mean, it just automatically looks good straight away. Yeah. Uh, the issue happens is when you start to use other colors, it's all about using reds and, you know, and, and blues and that sort of thing. But uh, when you when you come to use like a yellow gel, for example, like the whole the whole theory falls apart, if you, you like, it'd be like a watercolorist using gray paper. <laughs> like, uh, it's just it's not going to work, right? You're right. Just gonna right. Gray, yellow on Gray, and it's like, yeah, nah, that's still kind of gray, muddy. Like, no, it needs to be white. Yeah. So try and just. Try and stick at it, and try and make it work with a white background, um, and just underexpose your lights. Yeah, don't use a gray background.
0: Yeah. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what it takes just to have someone who is intimate and knowledgeable with the technique to just explain the the bullshit. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, I can say I've been doing it, it a long sense. time. All yeah. you got to do is say watercolor. Yeah. What? Get some yeah. <laughs> great Get some gray construction paper and a set of watercolor paints, and, and then how's, get how's a white piece looking? of paper. Right. That yellow looking. <laughs> good, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good, good. So, okay, so let's transition into we like I, in the beginning we were talking about uh LED versus strobe, right? And you've been yeah. experimenting with with LED light, and you made some some surprising discoveries. Can you describe that a little? Yeah, so.
1: Look, I, I mean, I've been shooting strobes for like 20 years. So I was, when people were talking about LEDs recently, I don't know, LEDs have been around for years and that sort of thing, but, you know, I've, I've been very hesitant uh, with with using them. And I think, I don't know, like nine months ago or something, I was I was down for a meeting in a studio. And at this meeting, there was a LED company called Rotolite, And they were there doing a presentation at the time and i was like yeah, yeah, yeah you know do your do your thing with your silly little lights and uh, you know i'll uh, you know I'll, I'll i'll wait um and you know i was i was i was watching it with these lights and i was just like that i can't you know i can't argue with how beautiful that <laughs> light looks that's like mm-hmm. that's you know i can't i can't deny that um so you know i had a little play and the uh, like the um you know the guy that was there uh rod his name was who was actually the ceo of rotalight was like look just 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 try it because i was firing away all my nerdy questions all my lighting questions i was like yeah i'll, you know, I'll catch you out with these you know questions so i, I was giving him my uh, best best shot with you know what what's the power of this and what what is it at this kelvin and all that sort of thing and he had all the answers but he was like look jake just try it just 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 try it see, see for yourself yeah. um so so i managed to uh, get hold of a Few of these lights and played with them, and I, I generally was blown away um, with what they could do, and more importantly, like the quality of the light that they that, that they gave. And I'm happy to um, talk about that here if, if you want to get yeah. nerdy about it. Yeah. yeah, let's get nerdy. Let's um, get
0: dirty. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. So
1: one thing that um, that is immediately different for us, those of us using speed lights or strobes and that sort of thing, is we're used to the light coming from a central point, right? It's coming from this bulb in the middle uh, and, and then light is spreading out. And, you know, we'll be used to the inverse square law of how light falls off and that sort of thing. And that's great. But when we start to then modify that, let's say with a softbox, um, like we put our, our softbox on, on our strobe, whatever it is, we're always going to have a hotspot. And I mean, I, I haven't used a strobe, a um, softbox as a key light for years and years and years, I hate it, hate it, because of really? this hotspot. It, it, it gives a very un, unflattering light when it's moved in quite close. So when yeah. I'm setting like, the, you know, the, this softbox may be like arms arms reach away. So you're always gonna have that hotspot. And you can test it yourself, you can go home, you know, put your strobe, put your softbox on there and fire it against a white wall, and you'll immediately see that it fades off immediately to um, shadow, like instantly. Like there's, like there's no nice circle, it, it instantly starts to fade off. Um, if you wanted to avoid that with strobes, just use something like a beauty dish that has this diffusion cone that spreads the light more evenly, and you have a more even spread of light. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting about this is that the LED panels, and I am talking about panels. I'm not talking about a li- the little, you know, whatever it is, the little things that you'd like. Basically, it has to be a decent size, like, you know, 12-inch sort of size panel and that sort of thing for, you know, for, for this to work. But now we have this, this wall of light. Um, And actually, I can show you this if you're uh, on my screen here. Just give me two seconds.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's make that. Yeah, so. And for those of you that are listening to the podcast, there's a reason for you to go to the website or to the YouTube channel to see this demo that Jake's pulling together.
1: Because I've got a couple of slides here. The reason I've got a couple of slides here is I, I am going to um, do a talk for Rotolite on Saturday. And when, when I was asked to do this talk, I was like, yeah, you know, sure, I can do that. So, But, you know, I, I went away and sort of played with these lights and experimented with them. And these are some of the things that, that I sort of found that I thought pretty, pretty interesting um, and I'm, I'm sure you know, I, I'm a member of your TWIP community. I know that you've got a lot of uh, lighting nerds in there as well. So I'm sure you guys will find this interesting as well. But yeah, like I was saying about the panels, like these LED panels, they're, they're, they're a larger sort of sheet or wall of light that comes out. And um, one thing that I found was when you use that on a subject like real close like the the quality of light that you got on the skin was absolutely beautiful like the drop off of light was absolutely gorgeous um and people use that term quality of light they are just you know bounding it around like you know oh yeah the quality of light was you know was lovely oh i love the lights you know the quality is beautiful Like, what does that really mean um Mm -hmm. and you know i'll give my sort of explanation as to what that is but for me like the like the most beautiful light and, and look I'm a stroberist, have been for 20 years, but even I know that the quality of daylight is unsurpassed. Like the quality of the light when it hits the skin, if you're photographing somebody outside in natural light, very, very difficult to um, beat it or even come close to it in the um, studio. And one of the reasons for that is just purely because of the size of the sun is so big that the the rays that are hitting us are just a, a small fraction of the surface area of the sun. As a result of that, you get what's called collimating Light rays, which is basically parallel lines of, of of light, so it's a very clean light that has this very clean drop off and shadow attached to it, as opposed to what I was saying to you before about a flash bulb being spreading light everywhere from a central point. The rays come out like this, right, in, in this sort of diagonal um, diagonal lines, whereas you know sunlight is is coming at us parallel like this. So yeah. for me, that's sort of my reasoning for liking uh, or you know, like the quality of light from the sun, and. For us in lighting, we have a couple of other elements that do that. With like a, a Fresnel lens, collimates the light. Um, those of you that don't know, a Fresnel lens is that sort of ridged lens that you get on like cinema sets or like stage stage lighting and that sort of thing. And, um, Long story short, Mister Fresnel was a French lighthouse keeper hundreds of years ago, and he, he had his little candles up in his up in his little uh, tower, and he was like, the, the ships were still crashing on his rocks, and he's like, "How can I make my three candles brighter?" Um, and the way that he did it was rather than making you know like the candles brighter, he would collimate the light, so he would take the light that he had and focus it into this beam, like this column of light, and that's what the Fresnel lens, like the beautiful piece of glass lens that he came up with was doing was sending the light out in these in, in these parallel lines and you know we know from like the hollywood lighting of like 50s 60s and that uh, sort of stuff like they loved that love those fresnel lenses this is a time before photoshop remember this is a time mm. when we had you know we were making the skin looking beautiful this porcelain skin and they maybe using these fresnel lenses on their on their um lights as well and In the studio, you know, the more modern studios, uh, we have something called parabolic reflectors or parabolic umbrellas. They're super expensive, but they can be, you know, some of them are like seven, eight feet tall, but they they can cost like, you know, $10,000 or something like that, they cost a huge amount. Um, And the reason being is because of their beautiful curve that they have, uh, that again, like when you place the light at the back of that all the light that is coming out of that bounces off this beautiful curve and comes out in these parallel lines again this collimated light and this is for anybody who's shooting uh, fashion or you know full full body fashion in, in in any of these fashion houses this is the closest that they get to bringing daylight indoors is by using these massive parabolic umbrellas and again it's because it collimates the light you get very clean shadows very clean lighting so this is, this is what i'm talking about when i'm talking about quality of light and, and how i feel that some of that Um, some of these some of these rays of light will look on the skin and why it looks like that on the skin Um, and here we have like a regular strobe like we all know a regular strobe and as, as we can see the light is emanating from a central point and coming out in this cone shape so it's just spreading out everywhere what this results in is uh, slightly busy shadows and just just nowhere near as as clean as if it was coming in parallel lines and this is what led panels are doing when we have a larger surface area so like, to be clear, I'm not saying that all the LEDs on this panel are collimating the light, but I am saying is when you have a miniature wall of light like this, that when you bring them in nice and close, you immediately get an absolutely gorgeous drop off of light on the skin that enables you to get very, very clean colors, very, very close to the skin, like it drops off immediately, drops off because of how close you can get it, and you're able to have this beautiful quality of light on the skin, which which was immediately no- noticeable to me. And again, like with softboxes, this would all be blown out, and it, wouldn't, it would be dark down here. Because of the hot spotting and the centralized point point of light, so this is one of the things that sort of initially drew me to the LED lighting for sure yeah
0: one one quick um, question before you go on to this one jake the yeah, one yeah. Of, you mentioned you mentioned that the the uh, the idea of a soft box was repulsive to you. You know, you're not using yeah. soft boxes, right? For and you're, for the yeah. reasons that you're explaining here, which is blowing a lot of photographers' minds, I'm sure, because traditional thinking is the larger the light source, or like you were saying, the closer the light source to the subject, then the softer and more wrap around the light. With meaning, the idea of a an umbrella or a, you know beauty dish like you're using or a soft box, you get a big one, put it next to your model, and you get soft lighting, making her skin look better, reducing the appearance of micro shadows, i.e. on hair and imperfections in the skin. How are you combating that by not using a softbox and using these columns of light? Is it, or am I, am I off base? No, 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 yeah. So it's and and this won't
1: be the same for everybody because we kind of touched on this at the start, where I was like saying that I need to be, I need to have a lot of control with my lights so that Mm -hmm. my colored lights don't overlap. Because it's like here, for example, the image on screen at the moment, when we have, uh, like I, I mentioned before, about these complementary colors, orange and blue, when they mix, they neutralize and. Become grey, so you end up with no colour. So, for me to be able to control the light in a small space, i.e., the human body, I need to bring my lights in quite close to the subject, so that the light drops off very quickly. And when I say drop off, I mean like the power diminishes very quickly, right? So mm-hmm. we're able to see this orange, and then it drops off to shadow, and then the bl- and then that leaves space for the blue to be present. So mm-hmm. um, one okay. one rule of gel lighting that, that I live by is you can only apply a gel to a shadow. Okay, if 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 there's not a shadow there, you shouldn't be applying a gel to it because you're just going to be mixing colors and it's just con- just going to become messy. So, f- so, so for me, the reason why I say about softboxes is because I I have them quite close to my subject. We ha- you, you have this inherent hotspot regardless of the you know like the um, panels in there as well. So if I'm using strobes, like you said, I would use a beauty dish or an umbrella which bounces the light back into an umbrella and then out, which which again sort of stops that hotspot from happening. Which is kind of ironic because umbrellas cost like Six bucks. Yeah. So, like, if, if if you wanted a half decent modifier, really, you really don't need to spend that that much at all. Yeah.
0: Uh, you're decimating the whole light modifier market right now. Look at that. Well, it's kind of weird, right? Because I think
1: like the softbox was, was invented to be this kind of window light simulation, and it, well, it's just just because it's square and, and, and like r- rectangular. But that is like you just nobody ever puts a subject next to a window and lit them, and then put them next to a softbox and was like, God, yeah, they're the same. it's is not. <laughs> it's not even remotely. No, it's not. um So look, you know, if if you're using a softbox and and, and it's working for you, that's absolutely fine. It's just for. Me me, because I have my lights so so close, I, I can't have those hotspots, um, you know, just being as present as they are. Yeah. So these panels really sort of reduce that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, just coming on from there, the other benefit of, of these lights was just the fact that we have a touchscreen on there that I can just access like, millions of colors, which is like I, before, I would have to get the tape out and you know f- shuffle through my gels and do that sort of thing. So it's just in terms of convenience as well, it's just huge, right? It's just just being able to have have the ability to choose any any color I want instantly is 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 yeah I- incredible. Um, Just, just going on from that, one of the other things, so I've done a few shoots with these lights now, and one of the other things I I noticed was being able to dial in specific colors compared to the gels. So like here, I've I've got this pink and blue background, and I'm able to basically dial in exactly the right pink and blue on my my model, whereas normally, I would get close with my gels, but it's not going to be bang on, right? So having that ability to really dial in the the exact color you want for the scene that you're in, whether it, it could be styling, right? You want green light, and she's wearing a green jacket. You can get exactly the right color, which is which is again quality of life, you know. Yeah. Um, as well, I mean, I'm I'm using uh, or, or, or I'm using more sort of cinematic style lights uh, in some of my more recent work, and one of those uh, has been using tungsten lighting. So Kelvin is is a huge factor in my work. Uh, I, I would put it up there. You've got you've got aperture, ISO, and shutter speed. I honestly put Kelvin up there with the same value. In just, just in terms of how I see it when I'm taking an image, I, I, you know, I always consider the Kelvin when I'm taking a shot. I certainly don't just switch my camera to the Thunderbolt and uh, crack on. It, it, I definitely want to dial in the sort of Kelvin I'm after. And if you're doing something like this, where I've got like a um, a light in shot with this specific bulb, uh, I, she's not being lit by that. I, I have one of these rotor lights just just off to one side here and you're able to dial in like the exact kelvin that you want so again again it's just quality of life being able to like to match the lights in scene specifically just in terms of the kelvin there's not any gels on there but in terms of being able to dial in the kelvin that you want is is really nice as well we spoke about this shot uh before we jumped on but i mentioned as well about pastels and softer colors. I think, you know, you, you mentioned this love of saturated colors, and I think we've seen a lot of that over the years, but I am seeing a like a little bit of a, a shift in the trend towards slightly softer colors, more of a more of a lifted color palette, you know, and it, like like the superhero movies have, have, have done wonders for the saturated colors, right? Just in your face, just over yeah, the top. Yeah, Marvel. I do think yeah. Exactly, right, and I do think we're kind of coming away from that a little bit at the Moment into these, into some of these softer tones, and here again, like with these with these lights, it's not just maximum saturation the whole time. I'm I'm, I'm able to reduce the saturation like this may be like seventy eight percent, and then the pink may be like fifty six percent or something like that. So it's it's again having that fine control that with gels it, you can't. You, you can't just make a pink gel like a saturated pink gel you can't just turn that into a pastel color you actually have to get a pastel gel to be able to do it but again like the convenience of, of, of being able to dial in these things is huge
0: for me as well so again, it's like it's to, like trying to get nuances of color with a box of crayons right exactly you got your 12 colors go for it yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Like having the ability to adjust and you know make Slight adjustments to the overall saturation of the color is uh, is really nice, especially for these softer tones like this. And, and I don't think you can see it there, but, you know, on, like, here... You know what I was talking about—this quality of light and, and and how smooth this light. is, you, you know, you can see that it's it's just you know the model is just being kissed by this light, rather than it being too aggressive and having these hot spots. So it, it's it's really subtle, and it is one of those things where as soon as you start to use use them, you are just like uh, you know I can kind of see what you what you mean now. It is definitely one of those things we have to sort of see it for yourself for sure. Um,
0: you know, a question that I I think will pop up is this is great, but you, you, these LED lights are not going to have the power of strobe. Are you, are you missing the output, the power output? And what are you giving up? You just need to use a camera that has a high ISO? Or what, how do you manage that?
1: Yeah, I, I, think, it's a, I think it's a question that, that I get fired out a lot as well when I've spoken about these recently is, you know, like the power of them and, and, and that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, they, they are not as powerful as a strobe, you know, that's not, um, that's not beat around the bush. They definitely aren't. But I think if you're somebody who works in a controlled environment, and when I say like a controlled environment, like you're like your living room or a studio and that sort of thing, where the, where the light, uh, you know, where, where you have control of the ambient light, it, it's, it's not a, not a problem at all, but you know, like, that being said, I mean, I've I've certainly used mine um, outdoors. I think I've got some shots here. So I mean, yeah, here you go. Like even this next one. So I'm I'm using it out. This is this is a bright sunny day out here, um, and I am using them outdoors. Like you know, here I'm adding that like, she's she's being lit by uh, one of the rotor lights here, and I've just cranked up the Kelvin so that it's nice and warm and orange to um, fill it in. So like you like, I mean, I've used them outdoors. Uh, in the daylight are they going to overpower the sun no no but then i don't know who is who is we, who trying to do that really and what you're doing that for but um if, if you are trying to overpower the sun then no but can you use them in conjunction with the sun absolutely yeah yeah and it is in another shot here with, with regards to me using it outdoors in daylight so i've darkened like the like the daylight down and then i've just brought in a couple of these leds you know here and then one to camera right as well and, and again beautiful beautiful results uh with minimal effort for sure yeah 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah and, it, and it it's a case of the right tool for the right job too right so why why would you why would you take led lights to the beach to try to overpower the sun, right? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't. No, you're right. I
1: wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, I wouldn't. And like, I think as well, when people talk about, I mean, I'm the same. You know, I, I've still got my strobes here. I'm not going to sell those. Um, you know. Anytime soon, and I don't think it's a case of p- people going, "Oh well, I just got to switch everything tomorrow." You know, that's, well, mm-hmm. that's what that's what we've got to do. No, you know, you can you can just get one or two uh, LEDs and augment them. And, you know, it's it's not like when mirrorless came along where it's like, "Well, Christ, about I have to get if I, if I get a mirrorless camera, then I got to get all mirrorless lenses and you know mm-hmm. do that whole you know I got I got to switch everything." I think with this, uh, which is what I'm doing, you know, is, is I'm just augmenting them with with uh, you know strobes, right? So you okay. know, use them, use them when it. When it comes up, and if you need a strobe for a certain situation, then fine. Yeah, it's it, it's certainly not not a case of jump jump ship and you know everybody on eBay selling their strobes at all for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: excellent.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I, which I sort of spoke to you about was uh, some of the other benefits as well. I and mean, these rotor lights are uh, enable me to use a flash. So you spoke about flash, like what can you do with flash and that sort of thing. And these rotor lights can flash the LEDs or pulse. I don't really. I think they need to come up with their own word for it, really. But <laughs> they, they they pulse the LEDs. Um, and if you want extra brightness, then the, the like, like the pulse is basically double the power or an extra stop of light. So you, you can get more power by actually using the flash mode in these, um, and the road lights are the are only ones that can do it with the full RGB spectrum. But it, but it has opened up a couple of interesting things that I was kind of curious about, and this shot here is, is is using the flash and the ambient right so I'm using long exposure here so it's like a one second exposure in this shot so she's being flashed from above and then we've got ambient red uh, you know LED light around her and that's what's creating this sort of fiery effect so you, so you have the ability to to flash at at the same time um, okay. which is wow. which is crazy um, One thing that I was kind of curious about when I was testing these which which I found really interesting was when I was you know using them as the flash and that sort of thing was I had a theory as to how the flash on these LEDs was working so um, those of you that may not be aware, but when you use a strobe, like a speed light or or, or a flash, mainly like like you know a, a strobe light which has like this glass tube. Basically, that glass tube has xenon gas in it that gets ignited at one end, and it ignites around the tube, and then it and then that explosion, if you like, dissipates. And what you end up with is this is this buildup of of light that we see here, and then this as as the flash reaches its peak, and then that gas sort of uh, cools down, and then that that light dissipates as well. So it's not this, like we, we imagine flash as being instant, which is not really, like you have this buildup and then this taper out of of this explosion, as it were. And that whole time is, produce, is producing light in your image with a regular flash tube. So I was like, well, obviously LEDs don't have that. So I was kind of, you know, wondering, how how they worked but if you yeah. if you were thinking about well surely flash duration is, is is fast enough for what i need i just did some tests here this is just metal ball bearings bouncing on a metal plate with a with a strobe and you can see like fast moving objects like this uh you know are, are going to create these kind of tapers of light or these or these these slight movements of light because like i said that gas is still present in the image um and look for you know for portraits where the, the subject isn't moving at a you know, hundred mile an hour, you, you you don't notice it, but for fast moving objects, you you definitely want to be mindful of this fl- flash duration. Mm-hmm. Um, so for LEDs, then if they don't have this gas igniting, it's it's just a switch like a light switch at home so you literally you just turn it on and you turn it off that's what that led is doing so this is the like the kind of bell curve when we when we, like really it's just literally off and on there's no build up or taper off which results in the flash being instantaneous which results in your objects being frozen dead still yeah Uh, which which is crazy to me i was i was absolutely stunned when i because i had a theory that this is this is what it was doing but it wasn't
0: until i tested it i was like holy shit that's nuts because it's not a combustion engine it's binary right, right? it's just yeah. on or, it's on or off, yeah and this occurs to me like just as I think through this as you're talking, I'm thinking if you introduce if you introduce this LED or continuous lighting or even the power to do continuous lighting and with these roto lights, you can you know make them kind of behave like a strobe, but you're opening mm-hmm. up all kinds of possibilities for for video and motion type work we're seeing a lot of like little shorts of of like, one, like, I can imagine one of your pieces there, but slightly moving or some silk blowing in the wind, you know, and introducing all that stuff well, into it's it, It's right? going to be the same color.
1: Normally, like, like when I do a shot like this one here, right? I got to go to the studio, I got to bring my strobes and I got to bring my hot lights. So like my tungsten lights. So I got to bring the modifiers for both lights. And so I'm bringing like four lights for this. Mm -hmm. Because I need hot lights for the ambient for the long exposure, and then I need the flash to actually capture the subject, you know. So, whereas with the LEDs, it's just one light that does both, these will flash at the same uh, color or color temperature as well as, you know, RGB color if you want as the ambient. So you can do interesting stuff that that you couldn't do with flash before because normally you flash and then the ambient is a different color, a different Kelvin. So the flash is a different Kelvin to the LED, to the, to the tungsten. So with these, you can have this same color flash and ambient in the same shot, which is nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. That is, that's
0: crazy. That's yeah. Yeah. So at the end we'll get to it, but you know, these, (laughs) these lights ain't cheap right so doing this doing this level of work is a is a investment i'm guessing right yeah i i i I think yeah i guess you're right it's um a few months ago
1: i was i was asked by uh panavision or panalux who do the lights to to do a lighting demo for them and it's all relevant right or you know like it's all relative right because like like their panels were like 15 grand or something or like five grand and that's what some of their panels like some of their led panels you couldn't even buy you could only rent so um but like they're being used on big movie sets and that sort of thing so I i do think it's relative and i do think that um like the we only started to use these strobes for cost as as well like speed lights and that sort of thing is really a cost like we're like we're always balancing between quality of light versus cost And my one of the things i always say to people starting out i was like it's great i started using a speed light as well but the like please that as soon as you can afford it get a strobe like you'll mm. see a huge benefit in your work instantly you know don't buy that lens just you know step up from a speed light to a strobe and it'll just make your life so much easier. So I do think it's relative as to what you, um, what you want to do and what you're prepared to do. And look, I would, I would love those panelux panels, but yeah, you're right. They're, they're like 15 grand. I'm not going to get it. Like, regardless
0: of how, how amazing I think they are. It's just, that's just, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. This is crazy now. So, okay. What else keep going? I have a bunch of questions, but I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, I've got, I mean, I mean, the rest is just talking about the,
1: You know, the actual um neos and aos that they're bringing, oh, the different, the the
0: different, oh, the hardware, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. because they
1: all have like so, yeah, so they've got like color presets. So, I've got my color presets in there that comes with them as well. So, you know, again, it's just all in terms of convenience. The thing that, the thing that I with 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 this coming coming back to this flash thing is, I and, and, you know, like the brightness, like you asked the question there about the brightness, you know, how how bright are they, Jay? You know, how, how do they compare mm-hmm. and that sort of thing? And that is the question that, that I get asked the most, and that is the thing that, that I'm most concerned about as well is the brightness. But these are getting brighter all the time. Like, the, you know, Rodolite have just brought these out at 25% brighter than they were last year. Like, they're getting brighter all the time. But you have to remember that our cameras are becoming better and better and better all the time as well and i find it interesting that young people coming out of art college and stuff now like their perception of iso is completely different to yours and mine like Mm -hmm. like for us if like back then if we're shooting at 200 iso or like 400 iso it's like what you know come on that's you know no way Mm -hmm. you know whereas like young people now I just don't even what, what what's what's wrong with that what do you mean what, what what would possibly be wrong with 200 400 800 ISO you know because the cameras are so good they're, they're coming at it from a different angle so I think the like the sensitivity and, and quality of these cameras is, is is um you know getting getting better all the time and these LEDs are getting brighter all, all the time as well so I do think that they are we're getting to this sort of meet in the middle uh point and and, and with these LEDs flashing like this I, I'd be amazed if if all the LEDs weren't weren't flashing in five years time I, I just think this this opens up so many so many possibilities to do everything that the strobes could bar the power but just with so much convenience, especially if you're shooting with it with, with a mirrorless camera. I mean, like you guys who are shooting with mirrorless with the EVF. I mean, like, you're, yeah. you're borderline cheating, right? Like yeah. it, it, it doesn't get any easier than that. With an yeah. ambient light, what you see is what you get, and the EBS, EVF is telling you like you've got aim assist on. Like, like it's just just as just crazy. Like, yeah. it just doesn't get yeah. any easier. That's,
0: that's it is it is I mean it's it's a uh, you know it's a comedy of capabilities that we have right so' yeah, it's, it's never been oh, up at a time yeah, for sure yeah you yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, I'm curious so the 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 level that you're working at Jake and looking at your work right it's you've been doing this for 20 plus years you know what you're doing and you're at a level where now you're you're in the weeds right and you can figure all this stuff out it's, and, true. You know, it's true it's so true so yeah, for, yeah. for the yeah. photographers that aren't quite there yet or maybe in a slightly different dimension with the with the kind of work they produce maybe you're producing like your traditional headshot on a white background or they're doing the the portrait shoots or the wedding um, engagement shoots and those sorts of things can this type of lighting take their help take their work to the next level should those folks stick with strobe like what do you think
1: yeah i suppose i suppose the follow up question for that is would your client notice the difference right <laughs> yeah, ultimately, yeah. yeah ultimately yeah ultimately it's all
0: about the client um,
1: yeah uh, i mean look. you know if i would i would i would like to call myself an artist before I call myself a photographer in this day and age um uh but and I think the you know, you sort of hit, hit the nail on the head there where you're like, you know, Jake, you're getting into the weeds a bit here with the, you know, quality of light and all that sort of thing. And and yeah. absolutely, yeah, I am I am definitely looking at that quality of light and, and, and really wow, I mean, I can I can instantly see the difference, but would somebody start announcing it? No, I maybe not. Maybe not. Um, but I do think that it that it will make uh, my life easier for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and yeah. if I and it, you know if it makes my life easier, then maybe I can you know include a few more sets during during the shoot, and then more sets equals more more money in terms of bore images. So you know I could you know I could see that being a benefit for sure.
0: Yeah, and you're right. It is it is a, a just it's an embarrassment of capability, you know, if you have a a late model mirrorless camera that can shoot up to like, you know, who knows, 15,000, whatever ISO with still very low noise, right? And crazy, right? Like, it depends where we came from with film, it's nuts. With film, yeah, where it was 60th of a second, you know, (laughs) ISO 100, 200 if you're a wild man, right? If you're crazy, (laughs) right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, One hundred like later. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now you're shooting these ridiculously high ISOs. You can see what you're getting on the back of the camera. The camera is focusing on the nearest eye automatically, and you're just playing and having fun, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 So, what about power yeah. though? So LEDs are notorious for you know sipping power, low power consumption. I, I would imagine, especially as opposed to a strobe. If if you're on location somewhere, is there mm. for these the LED lights that you're using? Is there a portable battery pack for them? Are they rechargeable? How does that piece work?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I mean, if you're curious, I've got one here. I can hold yeah. it up yeah. if you want. Yeah, grab it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so this is the yeah. So th- this is the uh, Aos, yeah AOS two. So that's the size of it there, and you know, you, you this is upside down at the moment, but you can see you've got the screen on the back there. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you've got the any screen on that and then yes so you just plug that in it, the other thing i love about these is how, how lightweight they are so it, I, I can i can hang this over over a model without without any any, any oh, wow. worry at all They're just weigh absolutely next next to nothing and then you just have the big um battery that's you know like oh the, okay like, so there's a battery yeah in, i think
0: yeah, yeah is that gonna last um, you all day the battery that you stop on there
1: um i mean if you're gonna be using it as a flash yeah i mean it'll last you for days yeah but mm-hmm. um if you're gonna have it on full Full power, um, you know, in in ambient mode. Yeah, no, probably, probably like a hour or so. This this one's this one's run out. I don't have a charger for this, but yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you're right. If you're going to have it on like full full power all day, I don't know, but I mean, probably a couple of hours or something like that. But you can get bigger batteries. But for the most part, if, if I'm honest, I plug mine in unless I'm outside. I just yeah. plug them in one thing it's just because you don't have all that weight up there on the head so just just plugging them in they're just super lightweight
0: yeah right and then as far as modifiers on that so that one had it looked like a kind of a frosted you know uh, translucent on there yeah yeah yeah. is that all you're using or are you using a modifier on top of it to have more control over the light good question yeah good Good question, and that is the flip side of this collimating
1: light thing that I was talking about earlier on, right? I, I was saying about oh, it's great we have this big panel and we can you know get this beautiful quality of light. Uh, the flip side of that is very difficult to modify into like a hard light, right? Because mm-hmm. we, like, we can't use like a grid or like get it into a nice spot or anything like that. You, you would need something something different to do that, which I have. I, you know, I, I have a um, like a Godox S. SZ 150R. Basically, it takes S fit modifiers, you know, like the um, Bowens modifiers. Yeah. So you can just mm-hmm. plug whatever you want into that. But it's an LED. Um, but again, like the power of that is is not ideal. So yes, to your to your point about modifiers, beautiful, beautiful quality of light on the panel, but difficult to modify to a to a, like a. Oh, I just want a little bit on the hair here or something like that. And you can do it with barn doors and that sort of thing, but mm-hmm. certainly not as easy. Um, so, it's really suited to that sort of beauty portrait style shots. But if you want to get, you know, fine tune the light into this, you know, gobos and that sort of stuff, then yeah, no, you know, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think you could do it. I mean, they've come up with uh, like attachments that you can use soft boxes and stuff on them, but that's just making a soft light softer. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't, haven't tried it myself, but, yeah, again, you're just taking it from soft to softer. I, I, yeah, so that's,
0: that's a, needed. That's, but... the, that's just a placebo for the photographers that yeah. think they need that, right?
1: <laughs> you need know, a
0: softbox. Here spot. you go. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah just, I know you've
1: just spent a lot of money to get rid of that hotspot, but have
0: it back yeah. here you go yeah we're gonna charge you to have it back right so, yeah, yeah. yeah so when you're when you're shooting like in it in in the process right so you're you have your model there she's gone through hair and makeup and she's on set yeah. and ready for you to do your thing um how does how are you and you're using these these Light leds are you building the light with continuous light first and then going into strobe mode or like how how does that happen yeah, I'll, I'll
1: be honest. I I thought I was going to use them in the flash mode, but I mean, even though that flash gives you more power, if, if you're in a c- controlled environment, um, you know, and then that, and and when I say controlled, it can be even a slightly dark room is, is is absolutely fine. So I just use them in ambient mode. Like you know, I'm just being lazy. Like it's what you see is what you get. It's mm-hmm. it's just. Yeah, it's criminally easy. It really is. You
0: know? So you switched um, to mirrorless. Not- I think last time we talked, you were. Uh, I, I'm you're on, not mirrorless. You're, on the, no. you're not mirrorless yet. You're still DSLR. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I, I still have some morals, you know? Um, that's it. <laughs> Yeah, we'll we'll check in with you next
1: year. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's so true, yeah. It's so true. Because Sony would be like, so, uh, you know, you want to look at this? I was like, God, that is sharp. Yeah, like... Uh Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. You will be seduced to the dark side. I know, I know, yeah. Yeah, it's only only so long that I can put it off. Just because it's just so easy. It's like, oh, you can just use this beautiful uh, helios lens with focus peaking uh you know and get this gorgeous look that you've been chasing like just really easily with this focus peaking on the back of the camera it's like, oh my god that's so easy i know yeah oh. so yeah, I, c- I can only put off the mirrorless for so long yeah 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 i know yeah and, like um, I, but- I said though you know with, with, with the ambient lights and the evf and um, what you see is what you get it, it is just it is it's nuts like you you honestly yeah it's it's simulating the kelvin adjustments that you're doing in camera in front of you i like, Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean,
0: but you know, on the other hand, we 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 joke about the you're going to switch to mirrorless thing. On the other hand, the body of work speaks for itself. (laughs) So, like, why why switch if you're already getting what you need out of it? You know, (laughs) so for the sake of switching. So, yeah.
1: Look, I'm. I mean, I would I would always spend my money on lighting over the camera. I really do think that it is the lighting is is doing. 90 percent of the image over the you know camera you know that's 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 like touching it up a little bit you know yeah. it, it's it's not you know it's not what defines an image at all for me and i think that this technology can sometimes get in the way of that a little bit like <laughs> here's a story so i told you i used to work in a studio right and i, and, and I was mm-hmm. um, at, the, at the end of that i was managing the studio when um, training the new guys new guys and girls coming in they'd be you know like they come out of art college like super keen they're coming through the all right jake you know take me to the studio i'm good to go and that sort of thing and it's like yeah sure sure but just just before you go um can, can i just get you just to write down on this bit of paper here what like just just name three things that you think make a perfect photograph you know like like the perfect image please um and you know like they would say um in focus right correctly exposed uh white balance you know that sort of stuff rule of thirds composition and that sort of stuff and okay i was like cool right okay just, so now what i want you to do is i want you to go away for an hour and just and just find 20 images that you think are the best 20 images you've ever seen in your entire life the best photographs that have ever been taken by humans and bring them to me and they bring me these 20 images and i would go looking at these images is the first thing that comes to your mind. Wow. That's in focus. Wow. That's correctly exposed. And wow. I love the white balance on that. Like it's not like Mm -hmm. these things that these cameras are doing for us is, 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 is just the entry ticket. Like that's, that's not what photography is about. Like the, you know, what the soul of these images that you're drawn to some of these phenomenal images, that's not the first thing you think about. Oh yeah. I love how sharp that is. It's bullshit. It's not, it's got nothing to do with it. So I, I, I think we can allow the technology to get in the way sometimes. And I think it's nice to kind of, you know, step back and, uh, you, you know, and just like for me, like the lighting and trying to show that character and, and, and tell a story with that lighting is definitely what what drives me, not the, the the fact that I've got 11 stops of dynamic range or some madness, you know?
0: Is it? But isn't it interesting though? How you know we're I, I, I don't know. You know I don't know the fault of the camera companies. They have to stay in business. But we're seduced into you need this next camera. You need this. Oh, you got the you got the Nikon Z six two. You need the Z nine now because it does all this amazing stuff. Meanwhile, Jake is producing all this other stuff with a you know a camera with uh, with a with a crank on the side. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah
1: many years ago I shot a uh, video tutorial and I was using like a Nikon D610 or something like that and the guys at the time were like wait you're gonna use that like what have you been using to take your pictures so far I've been using this you managed to get those pictures with this camera like Uh like what do you think like yeah like it's not the camera you bloody idiots yeah like you know yeah Um, yeah. but no you're right I, I think camera manufacturers done a really good job with their marketing of that and we've been encouraged to you know sort of buy these pieces of kit under the under the guise of like they're gonna make make your images better. And like mm-hmm. I think it depends on what you define as better. If you mean more in focus, then yeah, your images are better. But um it, it does always surprise me, you know, when we when we talk about pricing and like somebody won't think twice about spending two grand on a lens or getting the latest, you know, like like, like the camera eighteen months after they just bought a previous camera. But when you say, "Oh, this this strobe is five hundred quid," they're like, "Whoa, oh, yeah, no way, man, that's way too expensive." Like, yeah, I, I don't know really? where that dissonance comes <laughs> from, right? I don't know light, why that ch- happens.
0: You're charging but, me for light? The sun's right there. Yeah, light's free. Exactly. So you should be free, right? Spend all, this, spend all this money <laughs> on this
1: camera. I got nothing left over for lights. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do find it weird. I don't know why it's it's got like that, you know. Because you hit, hit the nail on the head, like the, like these camera manufacturers have got to stay in market. I mean, Fuji are bringing out a camera every ten minutes. So I don't know how yeah. they're doing it, but like uh-huh. it's because they keep buying them, right? I mean, yeah.
0: and it's <laughs> you you know. Know, part. I think part of it's fashion. It's like hey, bragging rights. Oh, well, you're shooting with a with this thing. I just got the new this thing, and it's obviously better, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: and. I mean, a million years ago, when I was uh, sponsored by Bowens, uh, you know, one of the reasons I think they went out of business was because they made a product that that lasted twenty years. Like I bought four <laughs> strobes when I left art college in like two thousand, and I was still using them like twenty years later. You know, yeah. in in some shoes. that's not how to make a successful business, guys. No. I-
0: no, come on, product designers—you got a built-in obsolescence, right? Exactly right, <laughs> which is easier to do with, with with
1: camera tech. And this is the uh-huh. thing, you know. I, I, I like I said, this video tutorial that I made years ago. I mean, it's still valid today because mm-hmm. light is still traveling in a in a straight line and at the same speed. Like that's not going to change anytime soon.
0: You know? Not that we know so, of, no. no. It, <laughs> You know, Uh, the other the other piece of this, the other equation, I know the audiences want me to ask this, but the the post-processing side of the equation. Right. So you, you obviously obsess about light and color and all that and you're meticulous about it and you create this image, this raw file that you then take into software to finish it. Right? So, what, yeah. you know, I don't, you know, we don't need a whole tutorial on Jake's post processing <laughs> workflow. Yeah. But, like, generally speaking, what are you doing to the image? Are you using any plugins like portraiture for skin smoothing or frequency separations? Or, like, what kind of Jake Hicks magic are you putting in there? Wow, it's showing your age with those with those terms, Frederick. That's, that's I you know, know. That's crazy. Hey, yeah. I'll be thirty. I'll be
1: thirty next <laughs> month, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> As my wife says, "Black do crack, man." I don't know how you. It
0: does it. not. It does not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 You, have, you have no idea. Um.
1: <laughs> so no, it's yeah, it's a really good question, and obviously I do you know a, a a lot with my images, but I think you have to remember that I'm when I'm taking my image, I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm going to be doing. Post Pro, right? So I'm shooting for the final image, uh, not necessarily just just for the raw. So what I mean by that is. Uh, In camera, I may shoot my images slightly flatter, so what I mean by that is uh, like the shadows are not going to be black and and the highlights are not going to be blown out, you know, it's going to be reduced contrast in camera, so I'll add some extra fill lights here and there and that sort of thing. And the reason for that is because when I get into Photoshop and Lightroom and that sort of thing and I want to crank the contrast, if I'm already shooting fairly contrasty in camera then I I can't do that in post because I'll just start to clip the data, right? So. The other thing with color is, and you'll know this from Photoshop, whenever you increase the contrast you simultaneously increase the saturation like the two are always linked so you can't increase one without the other so some like one of the ways I get some of the colors that I get is I'm shooting a little bit flatter in camera so like you know a lot of data in a lot of data in the shadows and then cranking it in post and I'm able to crank it in in, in terms of contrast to bring up those colors and, and saturation without clipping the data but you can only do that if you shoot for the final image in mind. I'm not shooting for the raw the raw is halfway
0: I'm shooting for the final image interesting so you know what, what you described sounds like with cinematographers you know they, they shoot exactly. in in log right which produces exactly a, right. a yeah low not low resolution but but unsaturated low contrast version of the image and then they color grade it to perfection so that's that's basically that's what you're right. doing right exactly yeah. right exactly right yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah. which is again easier than easier than it's ever been you know like i said with some of these cameras like 11 stops of latitude you know compared to like you remember shooting slide film or e6 it was like one stop or like yeah. you
0: know no 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 it was plus or minus a third of a stop jake <laughs> wow yeah. but, yes. but, 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 you, but you see this this is why slide film looks so good because it was so contrasty because
1: it had that lack of latitude so you had that saturation so yeah. like people talk about oh you're doing post pro and that sort of stuff yeah but we used film in the past to to, to to get the look that we wanted, like if we wanted really saturated images, you'd use that E six to like to get that contrast and saturation because it had no latitude. Um, so it's the same thing that we're doing now. We're just really trying to emulate that look to a certain extent.
0: So if, if people want to learn from you and get get more sort of you know exposed to the to the Jake, to the Jake way of lighting and color science and all of the things. How do they do that? How do they you know? Do they follow you? Like, what, what's the best way?
1: Yeah, loads of places. I, I mean, um, call me old school, but I'm I'm very active on Facebook still. So my page on there, check it's photography on there you know i post every day on there and the reason Mm. i use facebook is is just because i'm i'm able to do these rants that 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 you're witnessing here about you know about my philosophies behind images and that sort of thing so i'll talk about my images and and have chats about the community and stuff there um and you can't do that anywhere else really in my opinion so i think it's great for that the the main the main place that was going to be my website so basically all all roads lead from there if 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 you will um there's hundreds literally hundreds of free techniques on there. If you you wanted to start playing with color gels, there's loads of free uh, lighting techniques on there just under my um, techniques tab, just go in there. I've been posting for nearly 10 years now, these Technique Tuesdays. So there is tons and tons of um, free stuff in there. And if people want to take it further, then... um, since obviously lockdown i've been doing a lot of online workshops with people from all over the world so that's what's mm. that's have supposed to be keeping me busy during those years and it's been great to see them still carry on after lockdown as well So i've always got always doing online workshops with people so um yeah so if, it, if people want to take it further and get even even deeper into the lighting techniques and that sort of thing there's plenty to plenty to look at on my site for sure
0: I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. And yeah, definitely, com. Definitely go over there and absorb all you can. You know, it's there. I, I'm, I'm, I come into contact with many kinds of photographers, right? From the, the beginner all the way through to the season, season pro. And very seldom in that group of thousands of photographers that I speak to are the ones that that take it to that level, like below, (laughs) below the epidermis. Right, just like yeah. they wanna understand how all the little bits work. Some photographers are like, you know what, I only use a light meter, I just go in there and I wing it and it looks great and I fix it in post and people pay me and it looks and they create <laughs> uh, yeah fantastic work. I mean it looks great, but the process I think part of it is and you correct me if you if you feel this way or if you don't feel this way, but on one hand it's the finished piece and people looking at it and enjoying it, obviously, and the the subject or the customer feeling like, yeah, this is what I wanted. But the process or the road to get to that point, I would argue is equally important for the nourishment of the photographer's soul. Right. So if you feel like, yeah, I feel like I look at that transition of that color to this color on that arm that nobody would see or even appreciate. But you see it in my body. Yeah, yeah you see it and you cannot let that go with it not perfect right yeah. do you you feel that way it's like you get oh, in there yeah, yeah and this is why you know and, and
1: and this is what i mean i am being a little bit cheeky you know when i said that i'd rather be called an artist than, than a photographer in this day and age but sadly yeah. i do think that, that that it is about um understanding uh you know what what makes a great image in your eyes you know and that uh and that little um example that i gave you of what i do with the new guys coming into the studio of like going away and finding 20 images that really speak to you like nobody's 20 images are going to be the same right everybody's 20 images are going to be completely unique to you and you and you alone and what's kind of interesting about that is within those 20 images is really your style of what you like because what you like in other images if you start to implement that into your own work big shock you're going to be you know you're going to to love more of the images that you take but i think we need to be more cognitive with that um so that you know do that do that example that that i did maybe do it once every six months you know once every year and that sort of thing you know really really stop and think about what you enjoy about images and and, you know because it's not about them being you know in in focus and correctly exposed it 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 really is about oh i really like the fact that that's got a lot of dynamic poses or this uses really bold primary colors or, or, or the fact that the photographer is always down low using a slightly wider angle lens. Now you might, n- you might not know this, but these are the images that you're being drawn to subconsciously. So, you know, look at those shots and then extract those elements and start putting it into your own shots, you know, rather than getting too, too bogged down with the uh, technicals, just, just, just do, do something like that. And, and that. and that can train, change your work hugely. Yeah. Very, very quickly yeah. and start to bring out some of that personal style that we all have as well.
0: You know one one other thing I want to end on is just the looking looking just on your website and looking through the the images that you have listed on the front there like I said at the beginning it occurs to me that you understand and obsess about light um post processing is spot on right everything just looks flawless and meticulous but then the other piece of it is your posing right and the you know of course there's beautiful people so there's that, that but helps. but yeah. yeah, it helps. Yeah, but the posing and the poses that you you implement, and then sort of the I can see some of the experimentation, like dragging the shutter and doing those sorts of things in there. How like where do the poses come from? Like how is it just you just naturally know? Yeah, I want this person to you know, or I want to accentuate this part of the body. So you know, how did, is that just time or is there some trick? Like how did you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um. <clears throat> I think that, I think all, all things have a little bit of a cheat sheet,
1: right? Um, yeah. so I think you can start off with, with, you know, cheat sheets, like, uh, uh, like if you're, you know, if a model's, you know, standing, get her to put her you know weight on one foot so that it pops out one of the hips, bring one of the feet forward. Or, you know, if she's got her hands on her hands on her hips, like rather than her hands being like that, you know, just get her to flip mm-hmm. her hands around and hands like that. So you don't have these bunch of bunch of you know fingers like that uh like so there are like there's tons of cheat sheets as it were with with regards to posing um yeah. working with professional models is is, is going to elevate your portfolio hugely right because that's their job like that that especially if it's a pr, you know like a model who's who's experienced um you know and, and and really what I'm doing is for my part you know I'm I'm coming qu- quite low in terms of the shot, so for you know, ninety percent of the images that you see on my website, for example, I'm sat on the floor taking those shots. So I, you know, I'm I'm making sure that that model is v- very empowered in the shot. Like you know, I'm you know, or the viewer looking at these images is, is is really looking up at this subject. And then you know, maybe shoot slightly wider as well, and then get get some of the limbs coming coming towards you. Um, so you can start to play play around with that um and and it it is something that will that will come to you over time but if you are looking to get you know instantly better images then working with professional models is 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 a very easy win for you for sure
0: yeah yeah love it love it if i was to look in your lightroom catalog right now and sort by the most used focal length what would be at the top interesting interesting 58 mil 58
1: Wow, yeah, a fifty-eight. Yeah. On I was full surprised, frame body. It. and I don't, I don't, yeah, exactly, yeah. And I, I own a fifty-eight mil. That's that's what's weirder about that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what? what? Yeah. You're, so yeah, you're so
1: zooming like, to fifty-eight? You're, in a, you're, yeah. And 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 I'm doing that sub subconsciously as well as, as to what looks right to me, yeah. Because it's funny you say that because I I only did this a while ago now, but yeah, I actually you know did exactly what you said i filtered in lightroom to see what, what sort of focal length and it was vastly vastly the most popular focal length was about 58 mil and again if i'm sat on the floor looking up at a human body as it were that is kind of like i'm, I'm using that distortion of 58 mil to to, to my advantage yeah so it's actually oh. making them appear you know taller in the shot i love that so i'm guessing 24 to 70 racked to 58 is where your- yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. I'm super lazy. I don't take that 24 to 70 off, even though I promise I, you know,
0: I'm going to do it. I'm going to never do yeah. <laughs> this. Is just super glue it on there. Just leave it I know. Down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's great, man. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for being so open about sharing what you're doing. You know, it's uh, it's it's refreshing yeah, to see to see the body of work. It's fantastic, and how open you are with training and and explaining the and spreading the word. You know, uh, about gels and lighting, and not being afraid of color and all the things. You said a number of things that resonated with me. I was writing, I was taking notes. As I'm, I bet a bunch of people listening to and watching this were, um, gray is bad. <laughs> <laughs> the gray, the gray hey, background, me, yeah. Me. Yeah. So from yeah. this point forward, I have a gray background in the studio in the other room. So from this point forward, I'm going to be thinking about that analogy of watercolor on the gray background. Yep. Just, That's yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 Uh, soft boxes are not necessarily the end all be all for a great portrait, right? Yeah. So it's be- beauty itself, just dishes. Shoot like your softbox
1: at, at a white wall and take a shot, and you'll see that it's an instant, like instant gradient, which is which is not not good for lighting on, on on the skin it's just not.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah but then yeah you say that but then the beauty dish is going to do the same thing right if i aim a beauty dish it doesn't, at the wall. it doesn't it doesn't yeah because it's got that curve so you have the light hits that
1: diffusion cone and that cone then spreads that light out yeah
0: hey, you're yeah. gonna put me on amazon i've Look got that. i've got i've got images to uh <laughs> i can show you trust me <laughs> i believe it i believe it so get go get yourself a beauty dish and or a cheap six dollar umbrella yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, good like to go 22 right? inch
1: beauty dish yeah 22 beauty dish like that's the that's 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 really the um prime size you need especially for portraits headshots that sort of thing corporate and that sort of thing and and then distance wise you can't just use a beauty dish anywhere you really want that that beauty dish to be like arms distance away from your subject and then you'll just watch that beautiful drop off of light and you and you know it absolutely i promise you you'll instantly see a gorgeous drop off of light yeah and that's because that beauty dish is is that size arms reach away
0: boom can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Wow, wow! And the and the LED lights you're using are from Rotolite, right? Correct. Rotolight. Yes, yeah, so they're the lights Yeah, and they're the AOS two. So they just
1: brought out the AOS two Pros, which are on Kickstarter or whatever it is at the moment that, that, that they've got, and so they're cheaper on there at the moment. But yeah, and uh, yeah, and they they do have the Neos, which are the little ones. Um, and I'll just mention this: I, like, if you can try and try and save up to get the bigger ones the reason i say that is because as soon as we get down to that smaller size we kind of lose this whole quality of light thing that i was just talking about you know right. absolutely like, i mean i i've got one for like a background light or a hair light but you know I, I would never use it as my key light so if you can like if you're thinking about getting them just try and save up a little bit more to get the larger uh larger panel size and you'll see a huge difference yeah huge difference yeah yeah yeah
0: it, it, it Relatively speaking, right? You get the small ones if you're shooting small product photography or things like Absolutely. that. Because it's it's yeah, all yeah. about Or if, if you like at a wedding, right?
1: Something like that. You want something lightweight, boom, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jake fantastic again when are you in the states again man we gotta hang out when are you back i know yeah i know i am actually in the in, in the process of trying to organize workshops in, in the u.s for april next year but so oh. fingers crossed we'll see man yeah yeah, yeah, we'll yeah do that it's been too let, long. Me yeah. let me know. too
0: let me know you know i know i know some people at some companies that might you know be able to help out with that so interesting interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. So. I, I think the last
1: time I was in the U.S. is when I saw you in Puerto Rico, which is crazy. It's been a long time. Yeah. That's
0: right. That's right. Yeah. They've had at least two or three hurricanes since the last time we hung out there. I bet. Bless them. Yeah. I bet. Bless them. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Craziness. Craziness. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake. Thank you so much for, thank for you, doing man. this. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Fantastic. You've spent some of my money and saved me a lot of money because I'm, I'm definitely uh, – yeah, I've got umbrellas in the garage over there. I'm like, yeah, umbrellas. Everybody, I was the that's same. For, that's was for same. noobs, you know? Softbox. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had umbrellas up in the attic. I had to bring them down. Like, it's just – I know. Yeah, everybody did it. Yeah, everybody did it. Yeah, yeah,
0: So crazy. And don't so be fooled
1: crazy. by those 200-quid umbrellas from certain – lighting brands like it's it's an umbrella there is no technology in it the six dollar one
0: from ebay is absolutely fine and use that and you're you're reflecting you're bouncing bouncing the light you're not shooting through correct never ever ever shoot through an umbrella Oh, so that. you thought softboxes were bad?
1: Shoot shoot through umbrellas. Uh, because there's, no, a,
0: there's no. those umbrellas where you shoot through them, but you put the back silver kind of cover on them. You Remember those?
1: Oh, a, a, Okay, yeah. yeah if, at least do that. But you may as well just use a softbox, which we, as we've just found out is bad. So it like, is a soft box, those people yeah. who shoot through an umbrella and then don't have a back on is like, that's just doubly bad. So you've got the hot spot, and then you've just got all this light firing backwards into your set, just bouncing around. So yeah, never use that.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So,
1: lastly on on lastly on umbrellas, then um, silver is what I use because silver is going to give you more contrast in the light, and like we've said before, more contrast means more saturation. So, if yeah. you're looking to use colored lighting, use the silver. If you want more flattering, uh, then just 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 go for the white. Yeah,
0: yeah. I got notes. I got notes. You're spending my money, man. Thank you. <laughs> i appreciate it all right we'll have to catch up again let me let me know when you're uh when you're gonna be in town and we'll you know we'll I know, work some good, magic yeah. to help promote that thing and I'll, maybe i'll show up too that'd be great wow imagine
1: yeah, yeah yeah are you still doing those that image feedback on twip thing are you still doing those
0: yes yeah do you want to come
1: on and do one give me a shout, man yeah i'm happy to do that again that was fun yeah Okay, absolutely done.
0: You're on the hook now. As long as we ban black and white images, I'm- 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 <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll end that right now. Um, I got to run. I, you know, you know what's happening here. We have contractors no. running around, so I'll leave it right there. Jake Hicks, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it pleasure, you. absolute pleasure. Thank you again, Frederick. Take care. This is Twitter.